It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Happy Friday, Raider Nation. It is the Raider Nation mailbag with Scott and Mo here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do us that favor wherever you get your podcast. Just find it, subscribe, turn on the auto download. That way it's pushed to you every time. We've had shows Wednesday, Thursday, and now Friday, and then we will have our live show after the game tomorrow, Raiders versus Chiefs. Okay, Mo, let's jump back in. We got a great long email. I can't read it all on the air, but our longtime listener, Frank Deftari, shared his story about some workplace, some personal struggles. I want, Frank, I want you to know we we both read it. We understand it. And God bless you, man. Thank you so much. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shorten this and get to the point for the for the listeners out there, which is you talked a lot about your life and your workplace and how you've worked in toxic environments and what it did to you. And so that was related to Derek Carr. And you mentioned this question. You talked about Mark Davis and how that the Raider organization, just like David Carr asserted, and he was right, has been very dysfunctional, not only since Al Davis died and Mark Davis took over, but even before that in Al Davis's final years when he was not uh, completely healthy, things seemed to fall apart a little bit. And so Frank asked this question, Mo. He says, do you actually ever think that the Raiders will have an elite organization with Mark Davis. Uh, and his point there is, uh, do you think the Raiders can ever win with the way the franchise has been run? And it's a valid and a good question. Uh, and so I'll let you start on that one, knowing what we know now with not only Mark Davis still as the owner, but who he has in place to run the franchise on a day-to-day basis. And that, of course, is Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. So I'm getting up there in age, but I seem to remember an emailer. She uh, asked the question about why is it basically why is not Mark Davis getting enough uh, blame for how the Raiders mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. been dysfunctional over the past few years, several years. And I say because, you know, the owner's not going nowhere. He, he can only fire himself. No one can fire him. <laughs> right. uh, but to answer the emailer, I will say that it's going to be different. Mark Davis hasn't. I'll say hasn't made the best football decisions as far as logistically getting the Raiders to Vegas. Great business wise. Great. But hiring, I mean, you can't blame him for John Gruden having to resign. That was on, you know, he's kind of thrown under a bus in an investigation. So who knew that was going to happen? The Raiders were kind of minimally improving, but it took a while, but Gruden's his, his draft picks and giving, giving Gruden full autonomy to me was the mistake. Right. And now you're you're hoping that Mark Davis is able to step away and let the football guys handle th- things. So right now your hope is that Mark Davis hired the right people. Yeah. And so far it's fair to doubt if he hired the right people because we don't know. We have criticized Josh McDaniels, and we and to this point I don't think Josh McDaniels. You can say Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. Right. Five blown leads in the second half. That's not all Derek Carr. That's a lot of that. That's on Josh McDaniels. So right. To this point, we have to question Mark Davis's hiring and is he putting the right football minds in place to get this organization in tip-top shape? And 
I, I will say I will never say never that this organization will never be a world class organization because you know things change. Things can change in a matter of a year. But Mark Davis hasn't given us a reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And, and I go back and forth on this because I see both points. I see to your point about Mark Davis, the move to Las Vegas, the the increase in value of the franchise. It's in a much better financial mm-hmm. position than it's ever yes. been in the history of the franchise. So I get that piece of it. I also look at the, actually the Derek Carr situation as a piece of progress because supposedly Mark Davis let his football people decide. In the past, we know, and Mark Davis admitted last year that, hey, you know, I'm finally letting people do what they're supposed to. I was I was meddling a little too much. And he admitted that. And he said, now I'm letting the football people do it. Now, he did that with John Gruden, and it really screwed his team because the drafts were terrible, and that's why you see the Raiders in the position they are right now. So, so he didn't make a good decision there. John Gruden was his his uh, um, kind of holy grail of people to run the organization. Uh, and it turns out that that was a bad choice, not because of the email thing, that's separate, but just because of mm-hmm. how the football operation was run. Then mm-hmm. you have the situation with Ziegler and, and McDaniels, and I agree with you, we don't know yet where they're at. So, so the question then becomes, can Mark Davis do it? Can he pick the right people? And the answer is, it, the jury is out. If he doesn't do it this time, then I would tell you I don't think there's much of a chance of it ever happening because he's he said he's self-evolved, he's gotten better and all this kind of stuff. But if you can't choose good people and you can't read people and you don't have or you don't turn it over to somebody completely different than you, meaning that the owner is basically a completely hands-off owner, doesn't hire the GM, doesn't hire the president, which not many owners do, but there, there are a couple organizations that do that in sports. If you're that kind of owner then maybe, but if not, it's, it's hard to say Mo, because it, it, you just have to go on these years and years of history. If, if Mick Zig flops, Josh yeah. McDaniels and Dave Zigger, if this tandem flops, Mark Davis is going to have to get some other people in his ear and help and to help him make decisions because you, at this point, you move off of Derek Carr, you waste good years of Devonta Adams, Max Crosby, mm-hmm. That's what happens with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, but you ha- it's not like the Raiders don't have good players on their roster. They should be winning a lot more games than they have been. Correct. So you you look at the coaching, and that's that's the next thing. The coaching and the setup of the team, which Jim is in charge, the free agent signings, the re-signings, the, the draft. If you don't hit, if the Raiders don't hit on some of their draft picks, premium draft picks and free agents, that's a huge problem. That's a huge red flag. It, it is a it, it is and and so I the, you I always say this too in conversations with my buddies when we're hanging out and watching whatever it's baseball basketball football and that is you cannot I don't care what coach you hire what GM you hire you can't overcome bad ownership I mean your your beloved Knicks are a great example of that correct uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> along with some I mean listen the the Lions seem to be getting better but the Fords. They might make good cars. I don't know. But I can tell you that that has been a disastrous ownership. They have not won ever. There's there's great examples of bad owners. <laughs> They've even chased some out of the NFL for racial issues, for sexual harassment, all this kind of stuff. We still have one, obviously, in Washington that's like that. But nonetheless, you have bad owners. 
Um, and when you have a bad owner, just like if you have a bad run business, they tend not to stay in business. Now, the NFL is different because there's just money pouring in all the time. But if, if Mark Davis can't be the CEO that picks the right people to run the organization, then yeah, then, then you're, you're screwed. But Frank, I want to tell you again. Go ahead. Really quick, Scott, just look yeah. at the recent Super Bowl teams that, that have won. Yeah. The Rams, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Chiefs. Do you see chaos? Never. Up above ownership front office? Nope. No. Other than other than other than unspoken things happening at massage parlors, no. I got into the Patriots digging. <laughs> got to dig at the Patriots. No, you got you got you had to you had to make sure you you specifically excluded football from that question. But anyway, yeah. that's yeah. where I, but, but Frank Deftari, thank you, man. We appreciate you writing in as well. Here's uh, another one. And this one, Mo, you're going to like too, because uh, this is from, uh, this is, sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan says, you guys are terrible. So he starts with a compliment. We are. And he says, he says, Mo is a closet Jets fan and Scott is a Charger fan. This is the worst show I've ever seen. That's Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. But you know what's funny? If for for the worst show, he's at least he's seen he's, it because and he's writing us. He also tweeted yeah, at so, us, but he also he took the time to write. So, Jonathan, I'm gonna I'm gonna look right in the camera at you. I'm gonna give you a little eye. We love you, buddy. You know you love us. You know you. Love yeah, us. he does. But I mean, if you I, hate I don't know if you like us, like us. You... Yeah. If you hate something, why why do you spend so much time on it? And there are things that I hate. I know I ate mint chip. Ice cream on the show, I, I despise it. I know I ate it on the show, but I, after that, I, I have spent zero time eating mint chip ice yeah. cream. So yeah. whoever yeah. sent that, I appreciate you because you're tuning in still, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's just really funny, though, because um, when you watch this show, we don't do any, like, fan stuff. Like, like and and my I'm oh I've been open since the day I got on the air the fact that I grew up a Chargers fan right which some people it was a non sequitur they never listened again I'm like okay whatever I, I I'm objective I'm not here and I always tell people go back six years go listen to every single show you can find them all online tell me if you ever find me being a Charger fan if you ever find me doing anything that would give you any inclination that I was a Charger fan in fact I've been more critical of them than anything okay. Because their owner is terrible. So that's what's funny about that stuff to me is they're, I, they're quick insults and I get it because because if some people don't know the situation, then, oh, I'm not going to listen. Because especially with all the great fan and we, we have Murph on our postgame show. Murph is fan media and he's really, really good. He is a fan. But there are some fans who only want to watch other fans. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. But we've always been, I mean, Mo, you're a professional working writer for Bleacher Report, Sports Not. Your job is to be objective. Your job, even if you loved the Raiders like you do, and you'd never know it. And that's the way it should be. You should never know it. And yes, occasionally I'll wear a Raider hat because I got it when I was on Raider Nation Radio and I have shirts and all this kind of stuff. I'll wear that occasionally, but I'm never going to rah, rah, rah. So it's funny that people take the time to tell you that they don't like your content. Whereas I know there's plenty of content I don't like. I just don't watch it. I, I It's not for me. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not for me. I'll just say I'm not wearing green and white here. I've noticed I'm wearing black and gray, <laughs> black and silver. Just saying when I'm on this show, I'm either wearing all black, black and gray, 
never, never wearing green. But I will say this. I will put this out there. And I think fans, if fans who've been or listeners who've been following me for years know that I grew up in a family that of Jets fans. Yes. I'm in New York City. So we don't we didn't get Raider games out here. So no. my family would gather and they would watch the Jets over the Giants. Yeah. So I grew up watching, yes, I grew up watching a lot of Jet games. I have a, obviously a soft spot for them. I mean, just like Evan Grote is a Raider fan. His wife, as you mentioned in a previous show, is a Bill fan. I'm sure he has a soft spot for the Bills because his wife. And his so, kids. Right, and his kids. So yeah. with my family, they love the Jets. So I, you know, yeah. I just see them happy. I grew up watching the Jets a lot, but I did not grow up a Jets fan just to set the record, record straight. And that's the interesting thing about fandom, because when the Derek Carr stuff happened, and, and there were a couple fair rebukes that I received online when I was telling fans to just chill out. And a couple of the fans told me, don't tell me how to fan. And they were right. I was wrong. Right. Because when you're a fan, you're going to do what you're going to do. If, if you get ridiculously insulting or something, that's different. But I'm just talking about how they want to react. It's they were right. I was wrong completely, 100 percent. And so but yet you have Raider fans who say that, but then they will say, like, well, how do you root for that team? I was like, well, wait, wait a minute. You're you're telling people how they can root for their teams. You're doing exactly what you tell people not to do when you talk about the Raiders. So, so uh, yes, I, I agree with that. Um, and again, I just love that they watch. In fact, it goes back to something, and I haven't listened to him in years, but it goes back to something Howard Stern said. And Howard said, listen, the reason I got to be as big as I was was because so many people hated me. <laughs> and he said, I loved it because every time I went to the bank and saw my account increase, <laughs> it was because of those people that hated me. So how could I hate them? I love them. Right now, of course, we don't make Howard Stern money, of course, but at the same time, it, it is what it is. But Jonathan, thanks, man. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate, we appreciate you, you anyway. We yes. do appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Let's get off to our next um, email. If I can pull it up here. Uh, and this is from Rick. Rick is in Dallas, Texas. Rick says, I was OK moving on with Derek Carr. But again, I'm very upset with the way the organization handled it, I think when you have a player who's there almost a decade, they deserve to be sent off in a much more respectful way. That's Rick in Dallas, Texas. And and Mo, we talked about this on yesterday's show. When you're going to bench a guy with the purpose of basically getting rid of him at the end of the year, and we heard from the story that we talked about on yesterday's show uh, Vinny Bonsignor wrote about how the Raiders had decided within several weeks after the beginning of the season that they wanted to move on from Derek Carr. I don't know how you do it more respectfully. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I made this point on Twitter on Tuesday and I would like to hear from Derek Carr, how he feels because mm. we're hearing from other people, third parties, his, his family members. We haven't heard from Derek Carr, how he feels about how the situation went down. And I think we won't know how that, how he felt until his career may be set and done. Cause I doubt he's going to get up to the podium with his next team <laughs> and talk about how the Raiders treated him. Correct. But I will say this. I, I just want to make a quick point about this. 
Derek Carr is not being done the dirtiest of players that have been traded or moved on from. Think of it this way, right? How many quarterbacks, how many players in the NFL on a trade? Mm -hmm. So Derek Carr has a no trade clause. They gave him that no trade clause. In a sense, I think that's the, that's the, look, if we decide to move on, we're giving you the freedom, the liberty to pick your next job destination. How many people in the world could say, yeah, my job moved on from me, but they allowed me to possibly keep my salary at a different job. Like I said, if you want to keep it to NFL sports fans, how many quarterbacks have a no trade clause and they get to pick their next destination? At least they gave Derek Carr that, that, okay, we're, we don't want you, but you can pick wherever you want to go and we'll try to work with you on this. Yeah. So the fact, so to say that he's been treated the worst to me, again, is blown way out of proportion because I've watched Eli Manning. I've watched some, some guys fade out and they don't, I mean, of course they're at the end of their careers, but even guys in the middle of their careers in their prime or just had a down year, how many of them got to pick where they want to play next on a no trade clause? Some of them just got shipped wherever they, wherever the team wants to ship them. That's where they're getting shipped. And to your point, to the, to the emails point, Derek Carr is going to have his time in the silver and black sun. It just won't be now. They're worried about the business side of it. He will eventually get the respect and gratitude that he deserves from the Raiders fans, from the Raiders organization. I I don't doubt that. No, I I believe that to be 100% true as well as, as, as as well as he'll, as long as he wants to participate, excuse me. Um, but I also just bring up a point we made yesterday, which is he's not retiring. He's going to go play somewhere. They might face him on the field. So you don't honor a guy that might come kick your ass later or, or <laughs> vice versa or vice versa. Um, and so you don't do that. You know, like Joe Montana left the 49ers and he went to the Chiefs. They didn't do a big long goodbye to Joe Montana he played his last game. Everybody kind of knew it was. And then later on, he came back, of course, and they honored him. Uh, and, I, and I look at this situation. It's, it's the same kind of thing. He's not retiring. Now, if he was retiring and they benched him the yes. final two games, I'd be 100% yes. this is disrespectful because right. you're not making right. the playoffs, right? And even if you were on the, statistically alive to make the playoffs, you still go with the guy because, you know, he's, he's been there and he's your most veteran quarterback. But, but this is a whole different situation. I just want to quick, bring up a quick story. My One of my editors, Wes O'Donnell, who works with Bleacher Report, is a diehard Giants fan. Mm-hmm. To this day, he cannot stand Geno Smith. Why? Because <laughs> Geno Smith was the guy that Ben McAdoo inserted into the lab. Remember, Eli Manning had a had a streak of how many games he played consecutively? Yeah. They broke that streak for Geno Smith. And this is when Eli Manning was going downhill. Yeah. There were so many Giants fans that felt that was disrespectful. And I would agree with that. They weren't making the yeah. playoffs. They were out of it. They insert Geno Smith, break up Eli Manning street. People were upset. My editor to this day hates the Seahawks. Can't stand Geno Smith. He said maybe he'll get over it, but he hates it. Ben McAdoo even more for that. Right. But I will say that as to your point, if it was the end of the road for Derek Carr, then yes, I, I could see, you know, let him string it out. Let him have his victory lap. But he, as you said, we're assuming now based on what David said, He's going to continue to play mm-hmm. and you separate now, but when it's all said and done, when the dust settles again, right. as I said, he will have his time. Yeah. And your point about the Eli Manning situation with McAdoo was, was all he had to do was play him. He could have played him two series 
and his right. record would have stayed alive. So, right. so that was that was completely disrespectful. And in fact, right. not only disrespectful, but a big fu, which is even worse. So, uh, mm-hmm. I totally get that. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we we'll get a couple more questions here on Silver and Black today, the Raider Nation Mailbag Edition for this Friday. You're with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. <laughs> 